What is up, everybody? We're so excited. This is Matt and John Calvin. Hey, hey. And uh, we are we are looking forward to uh, the possibility of being able to do this week to week. But this is a podcast for our fantasy app. Um, one of the other guys in another league is doing a podcast, and we said, hey, I think we can give this a shot. So we decided to go ahead and give it a try. If y'all like it, we'll do it. If you don't, we won't. Uh, but we're just going to kind of go through the different matchups, previews, and uh, next week's uh, matchup, last week's matchup. We're going to look at um, some some guys that we kind of like, some guys that we're kind of nervous about for next week. We're going to look at rookies, and and you know how much John Calvin and I love those prospects. Yes, we so we're do. Gonna at, we're going to look at a prospect for every week. So we're really excited, uh, and uh, let's go ahead and get started. All right, everybody, we're going to go ahead and take a look at some of our week three results. Uh, We had some crazy matchups. We had a lot of points scored. Um, We had some close ones. And the first matchup we're going to look at is between one countryman and Ballsy. This was a game that had a lot of points scored by both sides. I want to go ahead and look at Matt's team. Um, I I feel like I have to talk about Dalvin Cook. He's been better than anybody really could have imagined to start this season. When you look at his statistics – He's first in yards per carry at a ridiculous 6.5 right now. He's had four 20-plus yard runs, which is also first in the league, and he's averaging 125 yards a game, which is first in the league. So, uh, obviously, the marriage between Gary Kubiak and the Vikings has gone very well. He's kind of giving you those Arian Foster vibes back when Gary Kubiak was involved with the Texans, and they are just running him like crazy. So, he's been terrific. Um, I will say he has a matchup with Chicago at Soldier Feed at Soldier Field this weekend, so it's going to be pretty tough. Um, Another person I wanted to look at real quick is Josh Allen. Um, He's a guy, you know, his second year, and and I think a surprising statistic I saw this week was going back to week 12 of last year, he is tied for second highest scoring quarterback with 210 points. And over that nine-game stretch, he's averaging 23 points per game, which is actually ahead of Patrick Mahomes. So, Matt, I'm sure that you're enjoying that. There's no question about that. I, I, I'll be honest that his running has really made a big difference for me. Oh, uh, kind of surprised by by some of the abilities that he had. I mean, I drafted him as, as a guy with a with a hope and a dream, and uh, thankfully the the dream is starting to come true. It looks like it's paying off. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go ahead and go through uh, Ballsy's uh, matchup a little bit with me. First and foremost, I mean, what, two days before the matchup, he decides to make a blockbuster trade. Oh, yeah. Half his team half his team for half of uh, John's team. And I'll, I'll be honest, Poundtown Express gives him one of the best, in my opinion, running back in the league. Oh, no doubt. Right off the bat. Say, hey, let me see what you can do with this. And unfortunately, it just stinks to say that Barkley gets gets taken out right off the bat and uh, gets hurt, goes down for what's sounding like four to eight weeks, uh, probably more like six to eight. He's getting a second opinion, I believe, today. That is a big so, blow. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. A couple guys I really like on his team is Philip uh, Dorsett. I think Dorsett has been been good. You know, his first week he was extremely good, and then you had Antonio Brown kind of sneak in there and take some of his uh, targets and some of his looks, and kind of just took a lot away from him. Uh, but then now that Brown is out of the picture, no doubt about it, he came back this week and had a nice showing. Um, and you can just see the dip in in the targets from week to week between when Brown was there and when he wasn't. Um, so I think that Dorsett's going to have a really good um, finish to the year. And also Brissett. I'll be honest with you. He has been one of the surprises for me this year. I, I knew that he'd be okay. Um, you know, I didn't think that he would be as good. And he's slowly, week to week, just starting to look better and better. He started this week off 16 for 16. Wow. Uh, did not did not miss a pass for almost the f- entire first half. I think his first, his first miss was a throwaway right before the halftime. Um, and, and just an incredible accuracy looking good out there. He did lose T Y Hilton, but I think that, uh, T Y Hilton will get back and uh, he's also got some other young wide receivers to come in. So I think his team's going to look good. This was a close matchup, um, being a part of it, obviously I was paying attention and it kind of went back and forth. And then in the end, eventually you got (laughs) Mike Evans just went nuts. So, oh yeah, um, no doubt about it. And so that matchup ended up being about 189 points to 157 in one country man's favor. Um, his team has looked really great so far. And so our next matchup we're going to look at is actually mine and Kane's Kane's team is under the influence and mine is storm Cooper's. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about, um, Kane's team. Um, just a couple of things that stand out to me about that. Um, number one, 
I, I guess you could say Melvin who, Matt, because Austin Eckler has been playing lights out so far this year. We knew that yeah. the Chargers had a backfield that could kind of pick up the pieces, but I don't think anybody was expecting this from him. I mean, so far through three games, he has caught 19 passes. He's averaging 70 yards receiving per game and 123 yards overall. And so he's on That's pace crazy. for well over 100 receptions right now. So, I mean, he has really just made Melvin's holdout look really bad. Um, so, if Melvin, if you're listening, you know, I, it might be time to come back, man, because you're losing money by the week. <laughs> uh, I will say, too, he um, one of the interesting players for Kane also is um, Hawkinson. I mean, I'll tell you, it's it's one of the crazier stat lines I've seen. In week one, he obviously has the monster game with 131 yards, and he had nine targets. And then the next two weeks combined, he has had eight yards on seven targets. So gone from just a fantasy superstar at the tight end position to just absolutely afterthought. And when I did a little digging, it was actually, you know, I think it might have to do with him staying in the block a little more. Their offense is actually tied for second in the league with only giving up three sacks through three games. So, you know, if you're a Hawkinson owner, I, it, it's hard to know right now. I mean, the, the Lions are 2-0 and and 1, and so apparently they're winning games, but you you got to hope that he gets more involved in the future. Well, and, I mean, luckily, Kane's also, you know, got a good backup, you know. I think yeah, he'll be, okay. yeah, I think, I he'll think be, he'll okay be just fine. Yeah, absolutely. It gives Hawkinson some time to kind of develop and become the player that I think we all think he will be. And now looking at your team, I will say this is the highest – scoring week that I've ever seen um, for any of any of the leagues I've been in, I think. So what did you end up with? 240? 245. 245. I mean, it's just one thing after another, just kept getting more and more points. Every one of your guys seemed to hit and hit big. So it was pretty cool to see. Um, a couple of guys I want to point out. First of all, Hard Knocks has done you a lot of favors. Am I right? Yeah, yes, it has. <laughs> you looked at Hard Knocks and Waller was just – everybody loved the tight end Waller and, and to see what he could do and, and just waiting to kind of see what um, he would bring to the table. And he has not disappointed. Um, he blew up this week, um, had how – many, how many catches did he have, John? He had 13 receptions for 134 yards. 13 receptions. I mean, they are feeding him and feeding him often. Yeah. So they have a lot of faith in him. I don't think that will slow down. So I think that's going to be a good thing to have. I will say, let me ask you a quick question. I looking at you're looking through your team and seeing your different team. What is your thought on having two guys from the same team um, on your roster? Yeah, so you're looking. I have Zeke and I have Amari, and I, and Matt, I'll be honest with you. And I really tried to avoid having players on the same team. I actually made a trade right before the season started to get rid of Brandon Cooks because I had Cooper Cup, and so I don't. I don't usually like to have players from the same team because when a team has a bad week, a lot of times you'll have several players be affected. And so I just hate to be linked to that. But when it comes to Zeke and Amari, you know, I just think the talent is just so good that I'm just willing to take that risk week to week. I mean, so far through the year, Amari is the fourth wide receiver through three games. And so I think it just really depends on what the caliber of players are. Sometimes you just have to look past it. You absolutely do. I, I would agree with you. Uh, and there's some situations in another league. I have uh, two guys. Unfortunately, I have two guys from the Jaguars, which uh, <laughs> is, is not quite what you have. So it's definitely a, if you have the guys that are going to put up numbers week after week, it's worth it. I mean, it's hard to get rid of a guy like Cooper or a guy like Zeke. So uh, definitely it's, it's definitely worth it. So that's that's a, something I noticed about your team. So let's go on to the next matchup. All right. So the next matchup we had was a very close game. It was between Rasta J and Ebart. Um, this was a game that was decided by seven points. And so, Matt, I want you to go ahead and kind of talk about a couple of Ethan's players. Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, I think we can look at a guy that is kind of surprising the entire fantasy world and football world is Lamar Jackson. I mean, he has just come in with a fury. He's come in and put up some points now. I have said this, and I kind of feel good, strong about this. It could be a little bit of fool's gold. He hasn't had a, a ton of tough, tough matchups. He's looked at, you know, you got the Miami Dolphins. Um, he's had the the Bengals. He's had and the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs have a, you know, have a good team, but their defense has kind of struggled a lot throughout the, you know, the years. So. I would say, you know, let's see what he can do as he gets in some tougher matchups and faces some tougher teams. But he has done nothing but um, 
but surprise everybody. So I think that Ethan's got something good there. He's got he's got a really good player, and he's going to be able to stick with him pretty well. So I'm really excited <laughs> about what um, Lamar can do for him. Uh, another guy I looked at is O.J. Howard. I actually traded Ethan O.J. Howard, um, not because I thought he was going to do what he's doing, but because I had two tight ends that I, I didn't really need, two of them. So I got rid of O.J. Howard. He was projected to be in the top. You know, top 10, definitely, maybe even the top five. And he is currently sitting at number 27 Wow, um, for tight ends. So he's just really having a tough year. Um, and hopefully, hopefully he can kind of come out of that. I believe he will. What do you, do you think he will, John? I, I do. And, you know, I was having a conversation with somebody earlier this week, actually. You know, I think, unfortunately, when you look at a guy like Howard and even Evans, they're linked to their quarterback, you know. And so Jameis is just one of those players who's been kind of up and down, but I think we got to give him the benefit of the doubt right now. It's a new system with Bruce Arians. He is notorious for slinging the rock. So I, I, I think I'd give him a little more time here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think um, no, no question about it. He's going to, he'll come through this and he'll end up doing just fine by the end of the year. Yeah. And so looking at Rasta Jay's team, um, a couple of players I wanted to highlight for him. Number one, he was able to pick up off of waivers, a guy that I think kind of literally came storming on with some injuries for the Chiefs, and that is um, Demarcus Robinson. I mean, he has had 215 yards after basically only playing two games, and he's averaging 21 and a half yards per catch. So unbelievable. As we know, um, the Chiefs like to sling the rock. The crazy part, too, is he has 215 yards this season, and he has averaged 250 yards per season the last two years. So needless to say, I think his life is changing a little bit. Um, I really think that he is a player that's going to contribute going forward. He just looks like an athletic freak. And looking at his background, he's from uh, the University of Florida, kind of got into some trouble on and off the field and so kind of dropped down in the draft. Um, but I think he he's obviously looking like a steal right now on the waiver wire for John. Um, another player I want to highlight real quick, too, is David Montgomery. And that was actually his uh, first-round pick. And he is a guy who just each week has continued to develop and continue carries and become – more involved in the Chicago offense. It seems like Chicago's kind of starting to find their footing, and uh, I think he's going to be a big part of that. So definitely want to keep an eye on and see how he continues to load that. One other guy I'll hit on just real quick, he has Tyrell Williams, who has scored a touchdown in each of the first three games for the Raiders. So he's kind of stepped into that Antonio Brown role. He has lost targets to Darren Waller, so we'll see how that works out going forward. No doubt they're going to have to cover Waller a little bit more, and hopefully that'll open up some more for everybody else. So um, I will say this. I was watching a fantasy show or uh, reading an article. I can't remember what it was. And they were talking about if you – this is the time to go after uh, Montgomery. If you can get an owner um, – this is for year-to-year leagues, but if you can get an owner that will trade you Montgomery, do it now because he is going to be getting hotter and hotter and hotter and you're going to like him more and more. So I think that he's got a good player in Montgomery, and I'm really looking forward to seeing that development. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have to see how that goes. All right. Well, we're going to move along to our next matchup. Um, the next one is between John and John. We have Poundtown Express and Jay Hay 12. Um, this matchup, uh, John was on the other end of the ballsy trade, and uh, it definitely paid off this week. He got some key players back in that trade. Um, one of the players that I want to highlight that he was able to use because of his hot start is actually Dak Prescott. Um, he traded away Deshaun Watson in that Barkley trade, and I can't really blame him after Prescott's start so far. Um, when you look at his, he's got a 74.5% completion percentage, which is first in the league. He has 9.8 yards per attempt, second in the league. And he has nine touchdowns, which is second in the league. And he's actually tied for second place on that earlier list I was mentioning with Josh Allen about going back to week 12, 2018 in terms of fantasy points. So he has been delivering. I will say, as a little word of caution, their opponents are Miami, New York, and the Redskins so far this year, which are the three worst statistical defenses and have a combined record of one and eight. So, Matt, I want to ask you, do you think we're going to see a big regression, maybe a little regression? I think – I mean, there's no doubt that once they get into some more defenses, I don't know if it'll be this week. Let's be honest, the Saints secondary hasn't really been able to stop a fly. But um, I will say that, you know, it seems like they, they got to be moving in that direction once they start seeing some tougher defenses. But they're going to have to play that division. I mean, that division is weak. Um, and that – and they're, you know, they're just going to be able to continue to play those guys. So, I hope you know, that's going to help them as well. Um, but I think, you know, I, just looking at the – yeah, just looking at the Cowboys being one and eight against, you know, the, the opponent record is one and eight. 
that does concern me. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have to, we'll have to see how we'll monitor that. Um, but moving forward too, one of the trades that honestly paid off huge for him, you know, in this big trade was Philip Lindsay. I mean, talk about a guy who just flipped the switch. We're looking at his first two weeks. He only had 24 carries with zero touchdowns. And in week three, he had 21 carries and two touchdowns, you know? And so the snap percentage, we know that he's, kind of in a um, backfield tandem with Royce Freeman um, is kind of starting to tilt his way a little bit and he is involved in the passing game. So we'll have to keep an eye on that to see if Philip Lindsay continues to get those kind of targets. No doubt that it, it, Philip was, or Lindsay was splitting the carries. I mean, there was a 50, 50 split going through the first couple of weeks and last week you can, you finally, you see, if you were watching that game, some of the carries that he was doing, he was breaking through tackles. He was going through, and he was doing some crazy stuff. So I think he's got a lot of good things coming slowly, but surely going to get more carries and more, uh, more targets. So I, I like him a lot. right Absolutely. Now. Not to mention did it at green Bay, which has been impressive with their defensive start. Their defense has been good. And he, he did what he had to do. So that was a, a nice week for him. I will say this. We got uh, Hayden, you know, his, his Jay Hay is his team was the, had the best record last year. Um, and, and this year he's, you know, he's kind of struggling right out of the gate. And I, I can honestly just attribute this to just slow starts. You know, I got, you got Diggs and Gurley and, and both of them, you know, really we have high expectations. I think Gurley is a guy that um, is going to start slow because of the way things went last year with his legs and his knees. You know, I think that they want to give him fewer carries early and they're going to slowly start building up. In fact, I even heard them talking about that um, today um, when they were talking about Gurley's um, load, trying to give him a little bit more and a little bit more. So, We'll see what happens with that. I think I think that he'll be okay. Diggs, Diggs just can't quite get it figured out. You know, um, he just isn't getting the targets. He's not getting anything that he was getting. So that's something that we really have to be concerned about. And I think I know at least once he had like a sixty-yard touchdown called back because of a holding penalty. So, I mean, he's going to come around, I believe, as well. I think that they're both going to be okay, and I think Jay Hay's team is going to eventually start scoring points like he was last year. Yeah, I think so, too. And I will say as a vote of confidence, actually tonight, Matt knows this, I just traded for Todd Gurley in another league. So we'll see if I'm a fool or if I'm a genius along with Hayden. I think he's just going to ride it out. Yep, I think it's just a matter of time before we start seeing um, a lot of those underperforming guys kind of come through. And I will even say that going into the next matchup, I'll say that exact same thing about Luda. Um, he was our champion last year. Um, looking at his team, it's just a lot of guys that are underperforming. He's got Sonny Michelle and uh, and Connor, and both of those guys are just really underperforming and not not getting to the level in which uh, we really anticipated they'd be at. So um, hopefully through time we'll start to see that. But go ahead and talk a little bit more about that matchup. Yeah, um, so I kind of want to highlight Brandon's side. You know. Um, Another thing that's interesting, I would say, is uh, Mark Andrews. You know, he was a player that through the first two weeks just completely tore it up. Um, he had 25 points per game. He had he was averaging eight catches for 110 yards per game, and he had a 94% catch rate. But then you go into this week three matchup, and all of a sudden he has three catches for 15 yards and a 44% catch rate. So we'll see if um, – You kind of have to – I credit that a little bit to the the people you know the teams that they were playing they were playing the dolphins and they played the Bengals. so i mean it's really hard you know the tough of the defense is good it's the tough of those offenses are going to run yeah absolutely so we'll we'll have to monitor through that going forward and uh one other i wanted to touch on is actually um he has kyle allen he picked him up on his bench he is the replacement for cam newton cam newton this is a this is a stat that kind of threw me for a loop, Matt. Zero touchdowns in his last four games, and then Kyle Allen comes in and throws four in one game. It's um, unbelievable. So we'll we'll see. I think they're going to let Cam rest as long as he wants, as long as Kyle is playing good. Um, real quick, too, Brandon has Terry McLaurin, and I don't know if you watch Monday Night Football, but he, he looked like yes. he's the real deal. He was his first-round pick, and you're looking at a guy that – um, he is the first NFL player in history to have at least five catches and a touchdown in his first three career games. So maybe something Man. to look out for there. He looks incredible. Um, every everybody I've I've you know watched and everything I've read has done nothing but talk about how amazing this young man is and how he's going to continue to produce and continue to grow. Yeah, and I and I will say I, he was actually his second round pick, so that that's even more value there. Yeah, everybody passed on. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right, so our final matchup of the week, it was actually our game of the week, Matt. You know, it was one that was really close when we looked at the Monday night going head-to-head, so this was the real deal matchup for us this week. No, no doubt. It was a 50-50 split going into the uh, second half of Monday night football. Um, not, none of us could have expected that um, it would be that close, but then at the very end, Bandy pulled it out, and not only pulled it out, but pulled it out by quite a few points. So um, I will say about Bandy's team, just kind of looking up and down the roster, I will say that Bandy went from last year being the number one pick in the rookie draft to becoming what he is currently, which is a two and one team. I don't think any of us would have predicted that prior to the draft and, and just seeing how important or how big of a difference that rookie draft could make for somebody is really eye opening for the dynasty. This is our second year doing this, our first rookie draft and seeing what that has done and, and really helped his team become, um, you know, a contender at least, you know, obviously, you know, He's got a long ways to go with his roster, and he definitely needs some more running backs. But I will say right off the bat, you know, Jacobs, number one pick in the rookie draft. Um, he has so much potential. We think he can be, you know, really special. This this last week, they they really kind of got, you know, they got they got down, so they had to start throwing a lot, and um, and that kind of got away from the run game. But Jacobs has been impressive, you know, the first two weeks, and I look forward look to see him continuing that process. Absolutely. And not, not to mention with Bandy's team as well, not only has he gone from the first pick to two and one, but he is actually sitting at third place in the league when you look at points scored. So just a tremendous yeah. turnaround. Yep, absolutely. And so if we're looking at the other side for Rebel Law, um, I, a couple of things I want to highlight are just these two veteran receivers, man. Uh, you know, I, I, when we look at Julio Jones, I think this might be my favorite story of the week. So you go back to Julio and everybody knows that he had struggled for a while with touchdowns. Um, they just couldn't find a way to get him in the end zone. When you look at 2016 through 2018 week seven, he had nine touchdowns total over those two and a half years. And he had 12 straight games without a touchdown. And since 2018 week 14, all the way till this Sunday, he has scored nine touchdowns, including seven straight games with a touchdown. So obviously things are working for Julio. He just signed that nice contract extension and he was a big part. He was a big player for him this week. The other guy I want to hit on is Larry Fitzgerald, man. I just feel like he is the fountain of youth right now. I mean, you, you, when you look at a team that's rebuilding and having another quarterback with Kyler Murray, you, you, you start to wonder, you know, what it's going to be like for him. But I tell you, man, he is just balling out. He was a guy that in dynasty drafts was going somewhere in the 13th to 15th round. And he is the 12th overall rated receiver through three games this year that's unbelievable yeah absolutely testament to him man so really awesome matchup um we had a like i said we had a couple close games we had a couple where just crazy points were scored it was really a wild week this week yeah i can i can say that this was probably one of the the closer weeks with several of the games i mean we had two games that really went down to the wire um another one is rasta um picking up his first win of the year um i think you know that was a really tight game throughout. So to see him pull that out, it was a close and, and uh, look forward to seeing what his team can do in the future weeks. All right. So that kind of concludes, you know, our um, previews of the matchups. I mean, really, honestly, it was just kind of a crazy week. We had some close games, had a lot of points scored. If we're looking at the standings, um, you know, we have some uh, in, in terms of my division that I'm in, Matt, um, I'm sitting at three, and know, we have pound town express at two and one. Um, we have under the influence at one and two. Ross is at one and two, as well as Bart and Jay Hay sitting at one and two. So really a, a lot of um, competition for those spots there. And then when we look at your division, um, you're sitting at three and oh. Bandy is at two and one, along with Brandon's team, Goon Squad. And then we have Luda, Ballsy sitting at one and two. And Rebel Law is sitting at oh and three. Yeah, it's it's been a, an awesome start to the year, and I'll tell you right now, next week's got me nervous. I think we got a good matchup coming up. With the, I look forward to talking about those matchups in just a little bit. But the next thing we're going to go to, and we're going to go ahead and talk about um, the prospects that we think will be good in the 2020 draft, um, and we will kind of discuss – I'll discuss one, and John Calvin will discuss one. We'll kind of go from there. All right, I guess I'll go ahead and get started. Uh, I've got um, Jerry Judy. He is probably, in most people's projections, will be either the top pick or maybe the top, at least the top three. Um, we'll kind of see what kind of comes comes up with that. Um, when he came out of high school, he was a third-ranked wide receiver, and uh, he has just excelled. Watching him on the field is just he looks like a um, the next – 
um, Calvin Johnson. You know, a lot of people are saying that he could be the best um, the best wide receiver coming into the NFL since Calvin Johnson. A lot wow. of people are really excited about him. Um, he runs a – he ran a, a four uh, 2.940. What? Dude is qu- – yeah, he's quick, dude. He's quick. He's good. He's uh, impressive. Um, and I, I'll tell you right now, the last year he had three, 1,315 yards, 14 touchdowns, and um, 19.3 yards per catch. And so far this year, in four games, he's already has 400 yards and six touchdowns. Wow. And that's on an Alabama really has a lot of people that can make, you know, good wide receivers, a good offense that can do a lot of things. This guy is, is, is on everybody's radar is one of the top wide receivers in all um, of that, that 2020 draft. Wow. Yeah, no doubt, man. He seems like a guy that is going to be, you know, extremely sought after with that um, top pick. We'll see. I know that this class is very deep at both receiver and running back. And so I kind of wanted to highlight a running back. Um, I'm sure that lots of our Iowa friends in this franchise know very well who the man Jonathan Taylor is. Um, he is the running back at Wisconsin. And let me tell you, Matt, he, he truly is a monster. This is a guy that stepped into the team as a true freshman and immediately broke the freshman record all time for season rushing record. Um, he is a guy that has averaged – over 2,000 yards from scrimmage in his first two seasons, and he already has 500 yards through his first three games. So I think it's safe to say if there's no injuries, he's going to reach that mark again. He has um, a 6.9 career yards per carry, and he has 36 touchdowns, and he already has seven this season. So he is a guy that um, they've actually tried to get a little more involved in the pass game. I know that he's a junior, but all signs point towards him coming out this year. You know, I think he's going to definitely be a first-round pick when all is said and done. There's been a lot of comparisons saying that he's the best running back prospect since like a Barkley and a Zeke. Um, I Actually, when I was looking at some of his film and reading around, a lot of people are comparing him to a smaller Larry Johnson, um, the guy who used to play for the Chiefs. He is just such a physical runner, Jonathan. I mean, Jonathan Taylor is 5'11 and 220, so he's not quite as big as Larry Johnson, but he's a little more athletic than him. Apparently, coming out of high school, he ran a 4'4'2", which is just unbelievable for his size. I think he'll probably be closer to that 4'5 range, but still incredible for him. And, you know, he's just going to be one of those one-cut downhill running backs that is 21 years old when he's coming back in all likelihood. I mean, obviously, we have to see how the season plays out, see how they, they get through the season, uh, make sure they don't get banged up too much. But would you agree with me in saying that these are probably two of the top top fantasy prospects coming out in the next season? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. You know, from everything we've looked at, it, it seems like Jerry is the clear cut. I know there's been, as far as the running backs go, there's been a little bit of talk about um, DeAndre Swift and um, Travis Etienne. Yep. But I will say that Jonathan Taylor is definitely has the best resume when you talk about those three running backs. Yeah. So I think there's no doubt these are two guys that could honestly go in the top three of that draft. I, I agree. And I think, you know, as we kind of go through the fantasy um, season, slowly but surely we're going to get into a little bit deeper, um, a little bit farther back in the round. We just had two guys that we really loved and we wanted to hit right off the bat. Um, so that's why we talk about these two. So let's go ahead and get into our next week um, stuff. I want we have to get some studs and some duds. Who do we think is going to overperform and who do we think is going to underperform? Let's go ahead and get to that. All right. So, Matt, I'll go ahead and get us started. You know, my stud of the week is actually Devontae Adams, um, the Green Bay receiver. You know, he's a guy who has kind of had a slow start this year. Um, I think the Green Bay offense as a whole really has had a slow start. Um, but he is a guy that is just an absolute monster, first round pick in most dynasty drafts this year. Um, And so I think when you're looking at the matchup, it's a home matchup on a Thursday night, so a short week, and they're playing against Philly. And, um, you know, Philly has given up the fourth most yards so far this season. So I read something this week that was talking about um, Matt LaFleur, talking about not being happy. He even said it was unacceptable, the amount of targets that Devontae Adams received last week. So I think they're going to get it to him early and often, and I think he's really going to carry this team. Absolutely. I mean, you can't hold somebody back, you know, forever. I think eventually he's going to break out and really have a good game. Um, So it's coming soon. And I I think this could be the week for it. Yeah, absolutely. So, Matt, who is your stud? 
Well, my stud is going to be kind of probably surprised you a little bit because this guy has been Mr. Fumble. Um, oh, that's yeah. Chris, yeah, that's Chris Carson. He has fumbled all three weeks. Um, however, listening to Pete Carroll talk, um, they love him still, and I think you know they want to keep giving the ball. They believe in him. They think he's going to be good. Um, obviously, Rashard Penny, um, he's been hurt. He, he missed last week the injury. It sounds like he could be back, but if he is back, he's probably going to be working on a, a you know a lighter load for the first week back. Um, Pro size looked terrible last week. He had five carries, four yards. So um, I just don't think that they're going to keep going to him, uh, Pro size much, and I think they're going to stick with Carson. They, everything indicates they love Carson. Here's why I like him for next week. He's going against Arizona's defense. They have the fourth worst run defense. They are they don't look very good. They give up um, 157 yards a week, and, uh, and I just I really believe that this could be a big week for Chris Carson, and I think Chris Carson owners should be excited. All right. Well, if you got Chris Carson, be sure, be sure to look out for him. Um, we're going to go ahead and flip over to our duds. Um, so these are guys you know that I, I, you might want to stay away from because they, they probably have a tough matchup. I know for my guy that's the case, Matt. Um, my guy is actually Nick Chubb. Um, when you look at him, he's he's been great so far this year. Um, in terms of what he's been able to do, he's made the most out of his opportunities. But when you look at the matchup, he's going against the Baltimore defense at Baltimore. It's just a tough, that's going to be some tough sledding for him for a couple of reasons. Um, when you look at Baltimore, they're a top five rush defense, um, and they were a top five rush defense last year. So there's clearly a priority there in the way that they're built on defense to stop the run. Um, I will also say that they're the fourth worst or fifth worst passing defense right now so i think that cleveland is going to have to be airing it out um you know that we've already seen that their offensive line has had some struggles so i think that they're going to have to be throwing often another reason why i don't like nick chubb this week is because baltimore is number one in the league in time of possession matt they have the they've been having the ball for 37 minutes a game with that Russian offense between Lamar and Mark Ingram. So I think they're going to be playing a little bit of keep away after that Chiefs game. I think they're going to get back to doing what they do best, which is running the ball a lot. So I don't think that Cleveland's going to have the ball very much. So I'd be looking at Nick Chubb. Obviously, you're going to start him, but maybe lower your expectations a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's certain guys that um, even the matchup, you just have to start them. And Chubb's probably one of those guys um, in – and no doubt I'll be starting him this week. However, I agree with you. It's going to be um, it's going to be a tough matchup for him, no doubt. Well, I, I you know my second dud is going to have to be Aaron Jones. You know he has um, he's going against a pretty tough defense in the Eagles. They are currently rated the second toughest defense, and they're averaging 58 yards a game, giving up uh, rushing. So that's going to be a really tough matchup for him. And that's not even the start of it. Also, it's a Thursday night matchup. So Thursday night matchups are hard to, to deal with anyway. Sometimes guys that normally are performed don't perform. But then again, sometimes they overperform. So it's just hard to say what that matchup will look like. But watching Jamal Williams slowly but surely steal carries from Amigo from uh, week one having five carries, week two having nine carries, and then week three having 12 carries, it is definitely a concern just seeing how much um, he's slowly starting to lose um, carries. So keep an eye on him. I think that he could be a real, uh, really struggle. So we'll see what happens. All right. So that was our studs and duds. And uh, Matt, now we're going to move into deep sleepers. So this is this is a guy that I've had my eye on for uh, quite a while now. And um, I, I kind of wanted to highlight, I know, especially for our Louisiana guys, they might actually like to hear this. Um, my guy is Irv Smith Jr. Um, he is a rookie tight end with the Vikings. Um, if the name sounds a little familiar to you, um, his dad, Irv Smith Sr., actually played in the NFL. He was a guy who went to Notre Dame as a tight end, and he got drafted by the Saints and played for the Saints in, for six years in the 80s. Um, and so Irv Smith Jr. obviously has that NFL pedigree. Um, he's a guy that's really interesting to me. You know, he was a guy that followed O.J. Howard out of Alabama as that tight end, and he just looks – you know, he, he just looks like a tremendous athlete for them. Um, he's 6'4". Um, I'm sorry, 6'2", 240, um, and he ran a 4'6", 40-yard dash. And so he is a guy that averaged 16 yards per catch in college at Alabama. They weren't really looking to target to him that much. Um, and so I think that he really has a chance to flourish in the NFL. You know, he's a guy that right now is behind Kyle Rudolph. Um, and so I think it's going to take some time because 
Minnesota is running the ball so well, and Kyle is clearly a better run blocker than him right now. But I will say through the first three games that Kyle only has four catches for 20 yards, and Irv had three catches for 60 yards last week. So all I'm saying is he's a guy to keep your eye on as we continue to develop. I think he's a guy the GM has said that they have – big plans for him. They want to kind of develop him into a larger role. I don't think he's quite as athletic as an Ingram or Howard, but he certainly has the same frame and some of the same capabilities. So definitely a deep sleeper to keep your eye on. Absolutely. Um, he, he never knows these guys when they, you know, kind of coming up and, and show us something. And every week it seems like um, somebody else is coming up and, and doing um, awesome things. We had, there was a, a tight end for Houston. You remember, you know who that is, Calvin? Uh, yeah. Aikens. Akins. I mean, Jordan. out of nowhere, he went nuts last week. Yeah. Um, so, so you we, never, you just yeah, never you have know. a couple of guys that you always want to look out for. Um, um, I think Irv Smith, if you have other leagues, I know he is currently rostered, but if you, if you have other leagues, he might be a guy that you want to keep an eye on for sure, depending on your format and dynasty. Honestly, I'd go ahead and kind of pick him up. Um, maybe in some of your other ones, just keep an eye on him for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's go ahead and we're going to be moving to, um, to our next week's uh, breakdowns and picks and all that good stuff. So let's look ahead. All right, everybody. So our last segment of today's podcast, we're going to take a look at the week four matchups. Um, me and Matt are just going to kind of go through them, see some things that kind of stand out to us. And we're going to pick some winners um, in our minds who we think has got the best shot to win. So our first matchup is going to be between Poundtown Express and Rasta J. We got a um, father-son matchup this week, Matt. Yeah, I think uh, this is going to be an interesting matchup. Um, clearly, Poundtown Express has the uh, advantage according to Sleeper. Um, you kind of just look at the matchup top to bottom. You see, you know, some some – so mostly, honestly, both of them have pretty good matchups. We got some guys on by. Um, Brita will be on by for um, for Rasta this week, but you know, bye weeks are going to start coming in, so we're going to have to start you know adjusting to that and kind of seeing what we got in our depth. Um, I will say right now, right off the top, that back Prescott. I mean, going against New Orleans, the, uh, the secondary. I mean, we as Saints fans, a lot of us have watched and and continue to see what that that secondary can do. Um, yeah. And I, I really think that that's going to be a good matchup for him. And honestly, you know, Thielen against Chicago could be interesting, um, you know. But for the most part, you know, I think he's got a pretty good pretty good matchup. Yeah, and, and you know, one of the cool things that Sleeper does is when it shows you who people's opponents are, it has them highlighted in either green, yellow, or red to let you know if it's a good, kind of mediocre, or bad matchup. And this matchup, honestly, is a pretty tough week for both sides. I mean, there's not really much green going around besides maybe Dak. And then um, uh, the rest, you know, you got kind of some um, interesting matchups. I guess just guys that kind of stand out to me. One of the big guys that's going to be kind of a concern maybe be Adam Thielen. You know, he's kind of been Kirk Cousins' go-to guy this year. But at Chicago is just, you know, the toughest test in the league so far on defense. Um, and then you look at the other side. You got Frank Gores in his lineup, and he's going against New England, and that is another defense that, you know, honestly is just you don't want any part of. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm very interested, but I, I think I agree with you. You know, Poundtown's just so deep on his roster, and so I think I think he's going to be able to pull it out. Yeah, I, I do think that, you know, he'll bring up Adrian Peterson, which is they're playing the, the um, Giants. That's a pretty favorable matchup for him, um, and I think, I would assume, based on what he's got, either Royce Freeman or Adrian Peterson will come up to take that Brita spot. Um, and I think, you know, I think that'll help him out a little bit. We'll see what happens. Yeah, no doubt. All right, so let's go to our next matchup, Matt. All right, uh, we got John, JCJ7 versus Ebart. And obviously, uh, I'll go ahead and talk about your team a little bit, John Calvin, just because, uh, you know, all the team nicknames seem to be Matt's team sucks, which I'm not sure what that's all about. But uh, – <laughs> I will say right off the bat, you know, Russell Wilson uh, has a great matchup this week against Arizona. Um, and I think, you know, you got Cooper going against, again, that Saints secondary. And then you got Keenan Allen. And, man, uh, you know, your team is pretty deep and, and it's shown us that um, they y'all can put up a lot of points. Um, not having any buys yet is going to be helpful for you. I think later on, you know, you might have some, some interesting matchups. Because looking at your bench, I think, you know, you don't have as much depth. Um but, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, taking a look at Ethan's team, I, I do think that it's going to be an interesting matchup for Lamar Jackson this weekend. 
facing Cleveland. You know, Cleveland's defense isn't too bad. They have a they have a pretty intimidating defensive line. They've shown Miles Garrett is just a monster. So I think I think they're really going to try to run the ball a lot and just control the clock against them. I think they they want to make Baker have to not have the ball very much um, with those explosive weapons he got. So we'll see how much Lamar airs it out or if it's just going to mainly be one of those vintage ground games for him. Um, another guy I'm looking at is just Mike Williams. You know, he's been a guy who's kind of got off to a slow start. He had an injury in week one, um, but he has a matchup against Miami. And so anytime you see a player against Miami, you know, you get pretty excited. So we'll just have to see what happens. Uh, Matt, Matt, who are you picking for this matchup? Um, I mean, it's, I love Bart, but it's going to be pretty hard to pick against the team that you got going on right now. Um, I think without a question and your matchups are very favorable, um, for this week. So I'm going to go ahead and, uh, without a question, I'm going to go for your, your team. All right, cool. Well, let's go ahead and move to our next matchup. Um, I think it's JH 12 against, uh, Kane's team. So I'll go ahead and start here. Uh, looking at this one, the you know it's a, it's a little closer on the projected points. There's only a ten point spread on this one, um, and I think when you kind of dive into it, looking at um, John Hayden's team, he's got Philip Rivers against Miami. So to me, that stands out. I know quarterbacks have just been absolutely shredding them. I think the Dolphins are bottom five in both run and pass defense. So obviously, we know they're going through a situation where they're trying to just good good draft picks and build for the future. So we'll see if. Uh, Philip can capitalize on that opportunity. Um, another matchup that he has that I'm kind of interested in is got to be Juju. Um, he's going against a Bengals defense that, you know, has really given up some yards through the air too. So I, I like some of his matchups that he has for his team so far this week. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, uh, on, on, you know, Kane's side, I think, you know, I've seen a lot of positive things with his team this year. They're putting up a lot of points, um, doing some good things. I think, I mean, you look at uh, Jay Hayes' team and you see, you really can just see how much potential is on that team like we talked about earlier. It's just a matter of seeing if they'll they'll show out or not. Um, I think, you know, eventually you feel like Gurley's going to do something and Hopkins and all those. But then you got on the other side, you got um, DJ Moore. I like him a lot, especially going against the Houston uh, defense. Um, and I like, obviously, Austin Eckler. That guy has been lights out. And then you got him going against that Miami defense. So, granted, you know, one side has Phillip Rivers, but the other side has Austin Eckler. Um, so, that'll be an interesting see- thing to see how many things get canceled out uh, with touchdowns and whatnot. But also, you have to look at um, Austin Eckler is, has just been incredible this year. He's projected 21 points this week, which is almost as many as Phillip Rivers. Uh, so, wow, I mean, yeah. for, for, for me, I think that's going to be a big uh, factor in, in what those two do. And then, obviously, you have Carson Wentz going against a pretty pretty tough Green Bay defense. Yeah, and, I, and one thing I want to point out, too, about Kane's team real quick, Matt, um, Odell, you know, I think these are these are the games that they traded for him. You know, they're, they're kind of in a situation where it's not necessarily a must-win, but it's definitely one that they feel like they've got to grab. You know, if they um, – I, I, I look for him to try to show up big, but it's tough, you know. I will say if there is a weakness in Baltimore's defense this year, it's going to be their pass game. Um, so we will see if he can show up and show out for them. So Matt, who are you taking in this matchup? This is a, this is a close one. I'll be honest. Uh, just looking at the two teams, it's really hard. Um, this is probably one of the tougher ones. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Kane's team. Uh, and that's just because I believe that, um, Phillip Rivers will have a great game, but I also believe that Austin Eckler, we'll cancel some of that game out with some touchdowns, maybe possibly thrown to him. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to go to the flip side for this one. Um, I'm going to go with Jay Hayes' team. I think um, I'm looking at that Carson Wentz matchup on Thursday night. I don't really love quarterbacks on Thursday nights, especially when they're having to go to Green Bay. Um, I know that he's a cold-weather guy. Um, so I know that that won't be an issue at this point in the season. He, he, he loves the Midwest, but at the same time, that defense is just really balling out right now. So I'm, I'm going to give the advantage to Hayden. All right. So let's move right along to the Ghost Saints versus Bandy. Um, sorry, I got to work on my computer here. Let's see what we got. All right, go ahead and get us kicked off while I get this loaded up. All right, so um, looking at Bandy's team, you know, last week James White wasn't able to play um, because uh, his wife 
had a baby. Um, but he should be back this week. He's projected to be. They're going against the Buffalo defense. Um, so that'll be interesting. You know, Buffalo's been pretty good. Their defense is their strength. Um, but, you know, he is one of those guys that when Tom Brady needs a play, he likes to throw those little short routes to him. So who knows? I think this could be a kind of game where he piles up seven or eight catches just because there's not much going on down the field. So I'd kind of look out for him. Um, another guy that I think in the matchup in general that I'm really interested about is right now he is actually starting Kyle Allen, um, who is replacing Cam Newton, like we said earlier, because Kirk Cousins has a matchup against Chicago. And so I definitely understand that move, but it's interesting, um, you know, trusting a quarterback who's going to start his third career game ever. So he's looking for him to score some points for him, Matt. Yeah, no doubt. I, I mean, that is very fortunate, I think, you know, for him getting um, Kyle Allen when he did. I think that's going to be, a you know, emerging when he is. You know, we've seen a lot of struggles coming out of Kirk Cousins. So just being able to have that backup and now possibly for quite a few weeks, depending on what Cam's injury looks like, I think that's going to help him out a lot. Um, and, I mean, you can't you can't hate the matchup against Houston. So I think, I think that's going to be a good matchup for him. I also think, you know, you're looking at, you got Josh Jacobs, you know, you got quite a few guys in the green. So they're, they got playing and going against some good defenses, but he also has Alshon Jeffrey that is supposed to be back this week. So I, I would assume that he's going to move him up. I'm not really sure, but that that'll help him as well. Um, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. I will say one more guy that I'm interested in too um, is Joe Mixon. You know, he's got that matchup against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's defense has not been good at all to start the season. Um, Joe Mixon's kind of had, he kind of had a down week the first two weeks. He kind of got some later in the fourth quarter points this past week. So I'm looking to see if he can kind of build on that. Because if he can, having him there in his flex spot, I mean, obviously Brandon's strength that he's hoping for is his running backs with Kamara, Kerryon Johnson, and Joe Mixon. So if he can get Mixon going, I think he's going to be in good shape. Yeah, I, I would have to agree on that. I, You know, as far as my pick would go on this one, I'd have to go with uh, Go Saints on this one. Yeah, well, you know, I, Bandy has surprised me. I think uh, I think looking at the past three weeks, he has outscored his projection all three of the weeks. And, you know, I just don't think that that's always going to be the case. So I think this might be the week where his team kind of comes back to earth just a little bit. I don't necessarily love a ton of his matchups, and I just think I like some of Brandon's more. So I'm, I think I'm going to go go Saints as well. All right. And last but not least, I and I, I might be biased to this, but um, <laughs> I think this is probably the game of the week as far as matchups. You got Luda coming in. He's a, you know, former champ that I'm currently three and oh. So um, let's take a look at that matchup. Go ahead, Calvin. Yeah. So, I mean, for Luda, he, he's he's scored um, a good amount of points. I think he's just had some tough luck with some matchups so far. Um, but he's sitting at one and two. So obviously, it, it, you know, it's a it's a week that he wants to grab a win. I'm just kind of looking at the overall matchup. Matt, I see that you, you kind of have some tough matchups this week. When you're looking at Dalvin having to go to Chicago, um, you have Nick Chubb going to Baltimore. Um, you know, that that's going to be kind of tough. You also have Baker at Baltimore, um, and Josh Allen is at New England. So, I mean, really, some matchups that aren't very favorable for you this week. Um so I, I'm interested to see how your players perform, if they'll rise above those expectations or not. Yeah, and on the flip side, I think, you know, obviously Mahomes, I don't care who he plays, he's going to put up points. And yeah. we've seen that time and time again. Gosh, he's projected 28. He's almost projected 30 every week, I think. So, I mean, Mahomes is going to give him the points that he needs. Then you got Connor and Adams have good matchups this week, and then Shepard as well. I think Sterling Shepard could be a great play as the season goes, especially with Daniel Jones. Just kind of seeing that development, see if he continues to do what he does. We don't know if he will, but if he does, then I think, you know, Sterling Shepard is going to benefit tremendously. But for this week, um, you know, his matchups are, are looking pretty dang good, honestly. And you're looking at my side, this could be possibly one of the worst w- setups I could have, I think, um, as far as matchups are concerned. So we'll see what happens. It is early in the season, and some of these defenses really haven't been tested like they should be. You know, I don't, I don't believe Baltimore's defense has been tested fully, um, and I think Nick Chubb will give him that. And, and not to mention, you know, the Browns in general, I think will have a better shot than some of the other teams. Um, you know, so it's just really – we'll see what happens. And not to mention Dallas. You know, a lot of these teams that we're looking at just haven't really had those, those challenges. So I think this might be their first challenge. I think New Orleans will break through uh, on the passing game a little bit more than, you know, possibly some of the other matchups that they've had. 
Absolutely. Well, um, uh, I'll go ahead and make a pick for this one, you know, since it, I think you'll just abstain since it's your matchup. I, you know, this is kind of a tough one for me. Luda right now has a 68% chance to win just based on what the matchup is. And I, and I kind of understand why from some of his players' matchups. He's got a couple of guys that have underperformed thus far this year in Devontae and uh, James Conner. But they have great matchups this week. They, and we're talking James Conner going um, against Cincinnati at home on Monday night. And Devontae was my stud of the week going against Philly this week. I honestly, you know, it's um, it's pretty close for me. You, you're averaging almost 160 points a match so far this year. I think I honestly do think that this game is going to come down to that Monday night matchup for James Conner. Um, my gut tells me I'm, I'm I think I'm going to have to go with Luda. I think I think his team's going to pull to 500. But I think, like I said, I think it's just going to be one of those last minute games that's decided in the last hour of the football for Week Four. Well, no doubt. I think this is going to be a, a close one. I, I believe. I hope. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't. I'm not. I won't abstain. I'll, I'll tell you. I, I honestly think, just based on matchup, you know, Luda has a good team, and I think that just because of what my matchup looks like this week, even. I mean, you even look at my bench, and and it's a tough matchup across my bench, which I have a decent bench, but uh, just it's just tough up and down. So, in my opinion, uh, just based on matchups and. Luda has a good team, so no question. I would go, you know, obviously I'm. you'd want to pick yourself, but uh, I'm going to have to go with Luda on this one as well. All right. Well, that kind of wraps up our week four. We'll have to see how it pans out next week. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to this weekend, Matt. I think we're finally getting into the point to where we can start kind of tell which players are – going to be good this season and which ones you know are, are finding their unique struggles um but i'm really looking forward to see how it kind of pans out well it's players and teams i think this week you know we've got a lot of you know quite a few undefeated teams that really haven't had a challenge and i think this week we're going to start to see that new england you know just going through i kind of did a little research uh, and going through and looking at new england opponent record is zero and nine buffalo's opponent record is one and eight dallas's is one and eight um, you know, so really they just haven't had the tests and the challenges. And I look really forward to seeing what these guys are going to look like. You got New England and Buffalo head to head. So we're going to really learn a lot about those two teams. And we're going to learn a lot more as we go to see what these guys really can do against different offenses. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say my matchup of the week I'm looking forward to is actually probably tomorrow night. You know, you have a Philly team that's sitting at one and two. They've really been struggling with some injuries at the receiver position. Having to go to Green Bay is going to be a tough tall task you know they got such a good defense this year um but we'll see if Carson Wentz can work some magic and pull it out I think it is definitely going to be a good game though so we'll have to see what happens Matt finally having the Thursday night game that we're actually somewhat interested in so that'll be a that'll be a change of pace so yeah we're looking forward to it thank y'all so much for letting us uh to do this podcast we're really excited if you like it you know let us know for sure because we really want to do this if this is something the league likes if you'd like to be a part of it let us know um, anything we can do, and yeah, I'm going to make mistakes. You know, our computer got my computer got messed up earlier in, in, uh, in the, the process, but uh, things are going to happen here and there. But we want you to be a part of it as well if you want. Don't worry about it. There's only a few of us listening anyway. Uh, so let us know. Thanks, guys. We look forward to next week. <laughs>